0: Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast with me Stephen Rosen. This is a place where we have deep conversations and find out what really makes people tick. I've been through a very deep journey in my own life from being a, a nine-year-old in the early 70s selling stolen shoes down at brick lane to uh, a 22-year-old standing in a hotel room surrounded by drugs and bags of money uh, with uh, warring Lebanese militia. I have seen some interesting times in life and I changed all of that round and became a very successful businessman in the city of London and found that there was something missing. So this podcast is about going deeper underneath the surface of what we might think that we need in life. There's a rich uh, quality of life that we all can tap into and sometimes we have to just dig a bit deeper. So my story was Lost in the Babylon, it's out actually on Amazon now. I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you do, please uh, share it with your friends, please subscribe or just follow and you can connect with me at Cockney Profit on social media. Let us know what you think of it and enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast and today I'm with Max Cantrell who's a really interesting guy. Max is a writer, an artist. He's an English teacher, language, English language teacher, and a man of many, many interesting <laughs> talents, that's for sure.
1: A Welcome, st- Max. Uh, thank you very much. A jack of all trades and a master of none, I think is what they say. Um, I think life is about trying to master them. We never finish, but yeah, that's the idea. Get yourself complicated, complicated, do lots of things, enjoy life, um, and that's it. I don't think there are any more secrets, yeah.
0: I think the secrets are all uh, to be discovered, but they're, they're mm. with us, I think we've got them all already. It's yes. just uh, finding yes. access to a lot of them, isn't it?
1: Yes, exactly, I, th- I think so. I think in my case, um, I'm generally fairly impatient. So this idea of just pursuing one route of anything or about anything, be it writing, painting, painting, Traveling, whatever it is, kind of it kind of ends up fairly fast. So I'm always looking for some alternative. So I'll start painting portraits. Get tired of that. Go into landscape. Get tired of that. Go into watercolor. Get tired of that. Go back to portraits. Try and master that. Realize I'm useless. Go to go to landscapes. Realize that Turner was much better than me. Uh, and continue right <laughs> and just go in circles, you know, like a dog kind of running after its tail the whole time. And that's the story of my life, yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's that's an interesting, interesting perspective to put because you know I've seen a lot of your work. I've got a piece hanging up yes, here behind me, yes. which uh, I really loved the, the Marilyn piece. That's so. right.
1: Yes, it's lovely. It's lovely to see this Marilyn above your head. For those who can't see us, um, Steve is basked in the light of Marilyn Monroe.
0: And, and her, her eyes are just incredible. They just told such a story. That's mm. really what pulled me towards a painting.
1: Well, I'm glad you see that. And I'm glad that, that um, that's made an impact on you because I think it, generally any visual art, you have to feel it, not with the eyes, not with the head, but with the heart. Okay, this sounds like the little prince, but you do. You you have to feel that there's something more than just a 2D representation of something or somebody and naturally in a portrait the eyes are of course the window to the soul right now we're going into of course uh, oriental philosophy but this is it and what do you see through those eyes knowing a little bit about her life wow you see everything yeah you see brings it to life doesn't most of the unhappiness which was most of her life she was quoted as saying when she was asked by a reporter um are you happy marilyn she says 95% Ninety-five percent of the time, I'm unhappy, but five percent of the time, I'm happy. And well, that was the life she had. Um, yeah. And but she gave great happiness to everybody else.
0: She entertained everybody else, and and yeah, I suppose people people enjoyed what she done. People enjoyed her work. And I mean, happiness is we you know it's a, it's a real subject, isn't it? Because yeah. I mean, the pursuit of happiness is is something that's you know been probably a, around as long as man has been around that's right but it's interesting where people perceive happiness to come from Mm. and you know my understanding of happiness is you know certain circumstances can can produce background for Mm. happiness but happiness Mm. is comes from inside it's really something that's internal yes and I was thinking I was talking last night to, to a group of people about Gratitude, actually. Mm. That was the subject of the conversation, gratitude. And I was saying that, you know, in my previous life, it was a a rare thing to have gratitude. You Mm. know, I didn't have any gratitude. I was coming from a very self-centered place. Mm. And what I'd sometimes have, you know, if I had a touch or if things went my way, my ego would be really pleased with itself. Mm. And I'd feel quite, quite, you know, oh, like a feeling of maybe happiness or or, mm-hmm. or a feeling of gratitude but it actually wasn't it was just a feeling of the mm. ego just being yes yeah. just being you know uh, satisfied with what happened but mm-hmm. i think you know that happiness is is a it's a joy and it, it's mm. a connection from with, within within us isn't it and yes. certainly we yes. get it from family from paintings from right. all sorts of mm. stuff but
1: i think we need um at least about 25 more podcasts just to talk about happiness itself and what it is because I think the definition is completely different with every person and I think it's a very personal thing and um, what happiness might be for a person who lives in, um, I don't know, New Delhi um, in the suburbs who has to fight for a crust of bread um, and for Donald Trump, I think that probably these two people would, and they are people. In, interestingly enough, both of them. <laughs> one, the last one, the latter, maybe a little bit less in my estimation than the first. <laughs> uh, but that's personal. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, we um, don't do much politics <laughs> the, on this, not the place, uh, no. podcast. Um, But um, but uh, what is the definition? I, I think it's um, the first thing I think are the basics. Right? You you need a, you need a roof over your head. You need something to eat. Um, And once you've got that uh, close, naturally, you need love. You need to be loved and you need to love. And some people forget that loving, which is a way of gratitude, is as important as being loved. And without giving love, and it should be completely um, unselfish, um, you can't be happy. There isn't happiness without true love. Okay, I mean, that sounds a little bit kind of... Um, cheesy but um but i believe that there are another
0: another dozen podcasts on true love (laughs) absolutely but
1: it's the little things steve and this love is just simply being nice to somebody uh being respectful to somebody giving them their time your time listening to them be it in a supermarket be it on the street in the bus everybody's got their own story their own truth and no truth is less than anybody else's. Once we realise that, I think this is starting to sound a bit like a sermon. Sorry. No, no, it's w- I once think, <laughs> know,
0: certainly heading <laughs> in the in the, the, the good direction. Well, this, this yeah, sure. Well, once
1: we start realising that, it's in the small things that we find the happiness. It's in the small things that we feel good. It's not in the big bountiful important things. It's definitely not in money. It's not in possessions. It's about feelings and it's about love and understanding each other. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, what I'm getting from that, from the, the feeling of that is what you're talking about really is, mm. is a pure, unconditional love. So sure. you're talking about, you know, just being kind to someone on the street mm. Is, mm. is a form of unconditional love. Yes. You don't particularly want anything. You just, you know, you might be helping this person, mm. out, helping someone mm. across the road or... with their shopping or some directions just you know Hmm. openly giving that's right that's right without expecting anything back
1: yeah the 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 boy scouts and the the brownies right this is what we were told uh, i remember when i was eight years old um in order to get another star on your shoulder or on your badge or whatever help an old lady across the road and i thought why why help an old lady across the road she can get across the road herself And it wasn't helping my first old lady across the road that made me feel good. It was the way she looked at me when I'd done it and the way she said, thank you. And it was genuine. And I felt, okay. so that's the real repayment. That's not the star that I was going to get from from my superior. I forget what they were called in the scouts. Um, It was. It was the recognition. It was the gratitude, going back yeah. to what you said a moment ago. So
0: you picked that up at that age. You, you, you understood that.
1: Yeah, I was an only child. Okay, let's get a little bit into biography here. I yeah. was an yes. only child. I was brought up in South Africa. I spent um, the first eight years of my life in a caravan with my parents. My parents both being artists. Um, I'll come around back to the point, but I'll give you a little bit of background. So my parents, both being artists and bohemians, decided to take their only son on a trip around Europe um, on a caravan. So I must have been about four years old when they decided to do this. And um, my mum was wonderful because she taught me to read at the age of five. And by six, I'd read Moby Dick. I'd read um, Don Quixote. I'd read most of the classics. And she gave me a good grounding in that. And I started understanding um, philosophy what what people were thinking about at a very early age and my dad being half Irish um, or three quarters Irish and and a quarter British English um, was the generous person he would he would be ecstatic he would go into um, great lengths to help people and I would say why are you doing this he said because this is what we do This is what we do in life and he didn't give me any other reasons Um, but I was wondering you know okay did they pay him anything for it? Did maybe they bought a painting because of that? And then finally you realize that at a later age, no, you don't. You just, it goes round, right? Th- this idea of generosity, getting back to what I was talking about, goes round. So I lived in a uh, caravan until I was eight. Started school late at eight in, in England. Um, because of my accent, I realized that when I went to South Africa, finally, they started to call me things like, you Brit, and, you, and they started, the bullies started to bully me. And I had this strange voice that I didn't even realize I had. And um, so I was pretty much of a loner. I was an only child already, so I was used to being alone. And I was more interested in reading and understanding and listening. I listened to adults speaking a lot. And I think at an early age this is important because that gives you a better understanding when you're a, when you're a teenager of what life is really about. It doesn't prepare you for puberty. Nothing ever does. Um, and I was as lost as the next guy when I met the first girl. I, I remember sweating yeah. and, and not re- and stuttering. I,
0: su- and I suppose, yeah. just as an observation on that, I mean, you, your childhood sounds pretty, pretty lovely, really. Mm. You know, travelling around with your parents, Bohemian yes. parents, and listening to what these conversations with adults are about. And mm. I'm just going to say my my conversations that I was listening to <laughs> were probably very very different
1: probably so yeah. uh, I'm sure they was very different yeah.
0: actually you know I was in in a pub in Shoreditch uh, growing up there <laughs> and in the late 60s 70s so wow. there was uh, yeah. all of that kind of villainy and you know mm. all very very larger than life characters and yes. you know card schools going on in the pub and you know wow. so the conversations were different so mm. but the point is that you know, if we were basing our understanding and our, our belief systems on those conversations, which mm. obviously, to a certain extent, I know mine were, and I'm assuming yours were too. Yes. You know, we're we we we're, we're kind of products of building our own uh, sense of who we are and, mm. and how we relate to the world through those very early conversations.
1: That's right. Th- this awareness of self and how you fit in. Um, comes from what's around you, right? And I, I, I say this to my son. I have a son who's 22 years old, and we talk about this a lot. And I say, the only, the only way that I could have educated you ever is to give you, to be an example to you. And my parents were an example to me. And they were a very good example to me. And they were very loving. And so I, I believe I carried this forward and, and, and with me now still. So I, I don't really understand any other way to be. And what you say from your side, it, it, sounds, like, it sounds like a movie to me. It sounds like, you know, and, uh, unless you read your book, which everybody has to. And then you realize, hey, this is true. This really happened. You know, Steve Rosson was there and he was part of it. And it was a very hard experience to come out. And it's wonderful to see you here in this white room <laughs> surrounded by minimalistic um, decoration and looking so peaceful and lovely and friendly, you would never suspect that that person sitting I in front of me is yeah. exactly yeah. where you came from. Exactly, but that's okay. that's
0: that's that's the whole point of uh, maybe we will get into that a bit later. I don't want to mm. kind of disrupt, you know, where no, where no, you no. was going with, with, <laughs> with what you were saying. But you know, okay. one of the things that kind of attracted me to you and and mm. and really why I've asked you on the podcast is just. Because I just find you such a, a giving, open, generous sort of person. And Thank all you. the conversations that we've had, you know, it's not been hundreds, but there's been a no, few. not uh, yet. Where always, it always intrigues me and, and you always talk about, hmm. you know, bringing light to things, bringing light to whatever you're doing.
1: Hmm. I um, think, I believe we have a mission. Um, I think I was, going back to my childhood, I must have been about 13, 14, and for some reason... Well, I know the reason, but my parents decided to send me to a boarding school. And I suddenly felt that they didn't love me because, you know, why are they going to send me, their only child, to a boarding school far away from them? I didn't realize it, but they were in fact going through separation, which finally ended in a divorce. And they didn't want me to be a witness to that. But this I only found out much later, right? So going to boarding school, I needed friends. And I remember... Um, in the very beginning I was very lonely and very sad and very frustrated with everything and the only person who would talk to me was a Jewish boy who was also a bit of an outcast in his way because he was Jewish and I didn't realize that either I mean at 13 you don't realize these things I was living in South Africa I didn't even realize there was apartheid until much later you know that there was a separation between uh black people and white people, uh, you know, and this, this is actually the reason I left South Africa finally. But at 13, you don't realize it. So anyway, this friend of mine, this Jewish guy, um, he invited me to his home. And suddenly I was thrown into a completely different um, ambience. Um, the parents were absolutely wonderful. They, they welcomed me. I took part at the back of the room in their, their Sabbath on the Friday evening, mm. the lighting of the candles. And they welcomed me, and the food was glorious. And I, I learned different things you can't about beat a Jew. bit of Jewish, A bit exactly. of kosher food, that's for sure. To such an extent, Steve, that I said to my friend about a week later, I want to be Jewish. Of course, I want to be Jewish. They had a fantastic house. My parents never had a house like that. The food was glorious. You know, who doesn't want to be Jewish? This kind of idea. I
0: didn't want to be Jewish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But of course, at 13, you kind of, um, you judge, you know, what you, what you want from what you see around you. Going back to what you said before about our parents, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, then when, a little bit later in life, at about 15, um, I went back after boarding school, uh, in fact, I ran away from school. Um, I couldn't stand the boarding school anymore. I'd run away from about four or five schools already. And I was pretty used to this, and I think there was something in the back of my head about adventure. I think the the, the five or six years we spent in the caravan going around Europe had a strong effect on me. Um, I was not going to stay in one place for the same for, for, for any length of time. So I went back and found my mother in the most terrible Predicament. She was really destroyed. The divorce had destroyed her. To such an extent, later she got cancer and she died at 56 because of this emotional um, uh, drama that went on that she'd she absorbed uh, through her body. Mm. Um, and there was, she had one person who talked to her, and he was a priest. He was a Catholic priest. Now, we weren't Catholic. We were Anglican. And I wasn't really interested in religion. I'd wanted to be Jewish simply because I wanted to have a house and a car like they did. Okay. But then suddenly I saw kindness coming through. This man used to visit my mother every two or three days. He was a priest for no other reason than just to keep her company, listen to her story, and help her. A kind of psychologist in a way. And I was a witness of this. What happened? I wanted to be a priest. I suddenly thought, okay, that's what it is. I'm going to be a priest. I'm going to go out into the world and help people. Through religion. So I started reading the Bible and I started to analyze it, and I wasn't quite sure about some things. And I thought, okay, this is for me not quite the answer to what I'm looking for, but I know I've got to find something. And that's when I met a friend who was doing meditation and yoga. I was about 16. At 16, the time. okay. Yeah, okay. So I started doing yoga and meditation, and then I discovered karma. And then I discovered reincarnation. And then kind of the sky opened, the sun came out. I said, finally, I found the reason why we're here and why there is so much injustice or justice. This injustice of, you know, why were people born poor and why are some, why are people born rich? Why are people born with handicapped and blind? And why are others athletes and strong why are some people absolutely beautiful and others as ugly as hell and i'd never understood that until i discovered karma and reincarnation and this now gave me a sense of purpose and gave me a mission in life and i realized there is a mission there is a balance it's all correct so what i'd been through before kind of prepared me for the rest sorry i know i'm doing a lot yeah of no no go on go on i was just i yeah, was just
0: thinking it. you know it's uh so you were studying, what, like the Vedic
1: mm-hmm. sort of traditions? And That's that. right, exactly. Yeah. And then they called me to do my military service at 17. This was a big problem because my parents were kind of, had always taught me that to be anti-violence. And to me, the military meant violence. And I didn't want to go. And my father convinced me, he said, no, you've got to do this. Otherwise, you won't be a free person. Because you have to do, in those days, you had to do two years of military service before you could get a passport and do anything and leave the country or travel. And where was this? In South Africa. In South Africa. I was in Bloemfontein. I lived in Bloemfontein, right. um, which for anybody who used to follow the World Cup in 2010, uh, Spain played Germany in Bloemfontein. It's not famous for anything else, quite honestly. It's a pretty useless daub. Um But I lived there, and then they called me up. And I actually did three months of military training there. And like the rest of my story, if you remember, I'd run away from all my schools. So what was I going to do? I ran away from the military. Of course, now we had a problem. And my dad told me, you can't just run away from the military. You can't go war just like that. Um, there are consequences. So he said, you've got two possibilities. Either you go back. And I said, no way. He said, or you leave the country under a false name, which is what I did. I got a false passport, got a false name and left South Africa at the age of 17. No, I'd almost turned 18 then, I think. Probably
0: wasn't a bad, a bad way to get out. It was a
1: wonderful way to get out. And suddenly I was Leonidas Sharilo, which was the name of the guy who'd sold the passport to my father for 100 rand, for 100 rand. And I left and suddenly the world was my oyster. And the rest, I'll tell you in another podcast. The rest, yeah, yeah the rest, <laughs> okay. is it is, is just so, leads into yeah.
0: hmm. to, to life today. But it's great, it's, it's yeah, hmm. fantastic to hear about your background. I mean, I, well, I think it's important to know
1: where we come from, all of us, right? Absolutely, yeah. and I think, hmm.
0: you know, just having that spirituality uh, at such a, a, a kind of young age, hmm. really, and and obviously you was interested, you know, when you said you you wanted to become a priest because you, yes. you've kind of just seen how, how he was relating to your mother mm. and supporting your mother at that yes. point. And, and, yes,
1: it was being a witness of kindness, yeah. seeing other people being kind. Yeah. And you want to be the same. You want to do that. That's good.
0: So you've, yeah. you've kind of identified early on a lot of kind of spiritual values within you. And, yes. And then obviously searched... Uh, For some sort of meaning to it Mm. at at 16 years old, which is incredible. Yeah, 16
1: is, you know, I mean, I was very young, but I was very mature in as much as I I said, being an only child and having read as much as I did. My mother, my mother, because she started me reading so early, I became an an avid reader. And I mean, if if I didn't have a book in my hand uh, at any stage of the day, I was either walking, going out and lost in my own thoughts it's, um, yeah,
0: It seems, uh, just sitting here, I'm just getting the, the kind of, the perspective that we're kind of just different ends of, of mm. the spectrum. Right. I mean, at, yeah. at 16, you was discovering yeah. your essence, your truth. Yes. And at 16, I was absolutely heading in the opposite direction. In the opposite, in the direction. opposite direction, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is incredible, isn't it? It when is incredible. Think. Exactly. And, and yes. when you think about upbringings and, and mm. that kind of stuff, obviously... That's a big influence, isn't it? Mm, it's a big. It is. It doesn't. It doesn't set everything in stone, but it puts mm. you on a path to life. And,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yes.
0: And and obviously, uh, yeah. I mean, everything that you're kind of doing. We was just talking a little bit about the, the stuff that you're doing, which mm. we'll, we'll we'll brush on uh, in a minute, really. Okay. But everything, even though I went to your exhibition uh, the other day, which was really great. And you've done a couple of paintings of the daughters of uh, one of the
1: The, Greek um, gods. Was it? I think yes. He's the king. He was the king of the sun, and I'm just trying to remember Helios. Helios. That's right. The daughters of Helios. Greek mythology, and the daughters. um, Okay, you put me in a spot because I don't remember their names. Um, But yeah, I looked them up and. Uh, they, 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 their idea, and I like the story so much. I, I painted the I painted these um, these two portraits um, of daughters whose mission was to take light out into the world and spread luminosity. And so I thought, wow, this is nice. I've got to do this.
0: <laughs> it sounds like that's that's your kind of calling, really. Max, in, in all that you Thank do. Thank you for saying that, yeah. And, yes. and it's just so refreshing and I'm sure that's why I'm so attracted to you as a person. <laughs> Thank because, you very much, Good. You know, I, yeah. I really, I mean, I used to be attracted to people with a lot mm. of darkness around. <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah. you know, people who tend to come mm. into my life are people who are, are carrying light. And, and yes. when I say light, I mean just, mm. you know, giving and, 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 mm. and just wanting to be, equal and free and mm. you know, allowing other people to be equal and free, that's which right. is what you said Absolutely. earlier on. Yes. And yes. and that's just such a different place, mm. uh, from an egoic point of view mm. that most people I think kind of grow up with with certainly a sense of, you know, I'm important and I've got to, you know, get what I deserve out of life mm. and and, and a lot of the conditioning generally, mm. I think, out there, you know, whether it's kind of from society, from mm. governments or whatever, you know, I'm not going to go into a big long list. No, sure. But a yes. lot of mm. a lot of it is is kind of just uh, it reinforces that idea that, you mm. know, we should have everything that we need and everything that we want. And, mm. and it's our right to have it. And mm.
1: maybe the question is, how much do we need? That's a really yeah, good we're, question. We're actually going back to um, Coldplay, Fix Me. Um, you get what you need, but not what you want, right? Um, and we want so much, and we want too much many times. And we don't realise that this wanting is actually a destructive thing. Uh, we need the basics.
0: And, and I believe it comes from not having, you know, that, that connection that you had at quite mm. a young age. I mean, I, I don't know, but... Mm it seems that, you know, I, I didn't have that connection or I didn't have access to that connection. And, and mm. yeah, then it was about just, you know, all my effort and energy yeah. was going into to, to wanting something or, or mm. to being in a place of need, you know, mm. even if that was just to fit in. Yeah. You know, it was coming from a place of, of, of need mm. and a place of being driven by things that I didn't really understand. But, mm. you know, they certainly, it was a place of need. Yes, absolutely. Not a, not a place yeah. of abundance.
1: No, sure exactly that's right and you and you probably felt that you were almost channeled into that route um that the walls to your left and your right didn't leave you any other direction except going forward wherever that led you but you didn't you weren't able to see over the walls right and Mm. i think this is this is this kind of perspective sometimes in life we feel we're completely restricted and it's not true but that's how we feel at that moment and i'm thinking of um for example, a woman who is battered by her husband, uh, which unfortunately we see more and more of these days. And we we think about her, and she doesn't tell anybody. And she doesn't go to the police. Um, and she feels the walls are around her, and she has no one to turn to. Um, and she does. She does have them. Of course she does. But that's the way we feel at that moment. How do we get over the walls? How do we How do we find the light? How do we open the windows? And... Maybe it goes back to the idea that not all the freedom is outside. Once you realize it's inside yourself, then we get back to things like John Donne said that, you know, um, uh, no bars uh, or or a cage has no bars or um, there are no walls. Um, They're all our imagination. And anything, any barriers we put up finally are just our own attitude to life.
0: I mean that's a, a, a an observation that a lot of people would find difficult to hmm. relate to. Although I really understand what you are saying, Yeah. And, and certainly having being a person who's been incarcerated in, yes. in a prison, uh, hmm. you know, I kind of I, I escaped by by the not allowing a part of me to actually be there. Yes, so good. You know, right. if that's what mm. you're talking about.
1: Absolutely. But Absolutely. obviously yeah. that didn't mm.
0: change the circumstances that I was in jail and I had to go mm. and slop out, you know, once a day. No, sure. And, and right. I was locked up for 23 hours and, mm. and the person in that, in that abusive relationship mm. is up against those circumstances. Yes. So, you know, it's... You're it's imprisoned. Imprisoned, imprisoned she's, yeah, she's imprisoned, imprisoned exactly. within right. those walls. And, and obviously, mm. you know, to, to get out of those walls, mm. people need support, they need help. You know, yes,
1: they do. People don't they just
0: do. yeah. don't just go in. I mean, you mm. sounds like you went in from a very early age, to, and you alone. started just tapping yeah. into resources that I know mm. we've all got. Mm. But you know, there's a lot of other shit in the way, and Absolutely. a lot of conditioning yeah. in the way, mm. and certainly in those type of relationships that you've just described, mm. it's not as as simple as just. It's, no,
1: it's not black and white. Absolutely, stepping not to, outside no. of that and no. asking for help because no. Cause no.
0: I'm sure that you know mm. there's a lot of psychological and could be, you know, a, as well as the violence and as well as like mm. you know the, the physical violence, a lot of psychological violence and that kind absolutely, of absolutely
1: that's right and the threats, so and, yeah, I yeah, mean, and the physical you know, hurt and pain and wow, yeah, yeah. so mm. uh,
0: it's, it's 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 like a two tier thing, isn't it, to yes. get people. To find that within themselves, mm, mm. I think they need support. They need help. You've they... got to hold
1: out your hand. You've got to. You've got to touch fingers with somebody else, and the others. You know, as we. Uh, just simply, the, the 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 reason I'm here today is because we touched each other mentally and in our hearts. And you've talked about how you feel, and I I uh, admire you for enormously um, for your story and what you've gone through, and having come out. The good side, the right side, right, sunny side up, as the Americans say. Um, and this, for me, is is very important. Um, it could easily have gone the wrong way, in the other direction, and you might never have written anything about it, and might, maybe nobody would have ever known that, in fact, you existed. And when you think about this, you think, "Oh my God, um, yeah." But how many people along the road have disappeared without even knowing they ever existed? This is for us to find out and to remember. And that's where writing comes in. And we remember and we recognize the examples we've had through history, through uh, art, through writing, through music of the people without a name, the people without a face who have been part of who we are. They make up who we are finally, if that makes sense to you.
0: I I think it does. I think, you Mm. know, it's... uh There's a lot, I mean, we're all, we're all very, very connected Mm. uh, at a level that most people don't even, are not even aware of. Yes. And, I mean, you, you know, you spoke about, uh, uh, early on about reincarnation and stuff Mm. like that, which at the moment I find fascinating. I'm not going to jump straight to that, (laughs) but... But just just as that example mm. of writing and, and and just getting back to that, um, I don't want to have a debate on uh, you know mm. abusive relationships or anything like that. No, but no, no. I was I just kind of the, making a no. point that yes, uh, and for, and you really mm. kind of pointed the, pointed that back at me as as an example of getting out of that How'd you, you know a, addiction, you know organized right. crime, yes. that kind of stuff that I was involved in. Mm. Uh, and, and and we can break free of these mm. prisons. We can get get over these walls.
1: Yes, yes. But,
0: you know, it, it does take, as you say, reaching mm. out. I mean, it was mm. one of the hardest things that I found to do. That's right. And I know that mm. people find it really difficult to reach out. But, mm. you know, anyone who's listening to this, who may be whatever circumstances they're in, yes. that, you know, just just know that there is something mm. on the other side of that. Yes. And, and we can get over it. And Absolutely. And it just takes yes. that. That finding that little bit of whatever it takes, that bit of self preservation, that bit of mm. light, that bit of energy from within, just to reach out and make contact with someone else, and uh, and I'm sitting here, you know, running mm. this podcast and talking to people, and mm. and, 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 and and wrote connecting. that book uh, yes. for that very reason. Yes, that you know, connecting. there is yes. something on the other side of mm. of, of sometimes mm. a very very difficult circumstances Absolutely. of life, and
1: uh, to give you just. A, to kind of make it a bit lighter, right, the conversation. Um, I remember being in New York. <laughs>
0: we are getting a bit dark now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't want to drag people down. Yeah, 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 down yeah, yeah. into Dante's Inferno, right? Exactly. Which is, by the way, a great piece of reading and a very good example of how to get out of things. But he didn't get out alone. It was Beatrice who went down to collect him because she loved him so much. But anyway, I was in New York. I had an exhibition. I had a show there. Um, very excited it was my first show. I've had two shows in New York, um, and I was very excited. And I'd sent all my paintings uh, from Madrid to New York uh, via cargo, and it was two days before the show, and the paintings hadn't arrived. So I was kind of going out of my mind. The gallery was going out of its mind, saying, "Where's your work?" Um, and I said, oh, "Don't worry, it's coming." And they 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 let me know from Spain that it was already had already arrived. And it was in customs in New York, right? So um, what did I do? I took a bus. Right? I'm a, here's, here's a kind of British mentality guy. Um, it's, it's like our, uh, an Englishman in New York story. And gets a, a New York bus, goes all the way down to the dock area, doesn't know where anything is, asks around, can you tell me I'm looking for um, the customs, customs here, customs there. Finally, I found the place. And they told me, uh, don't worry, they've already been sent to the gallery this morning. And I thought, like, oh, thank God, that was wonderful. So I went back on the bus and looked in my pocket and realized that I had no money left. I'd spent all my cash on the buses before. I had nothing on in me. And it was at least 10 miles walk back to, to New York Center. Um, so um, I said, I can't pay you. And the bus driver said, well, if you can't pay, man, if you can't pay, you can't get on the bus. And suddenly a person tapped me on the shoulder behind. They said, you got no money? I said, yeah, I spent it all. I'm sorry. You know, this horrible British accent for them, I guess. I said, I'm sorry. I spent it all. So no, no worries. Hey, guys. He turned around to the rest of the bus. And they said, um, he said listen, this, this guy here, he don't have no money. Let's help him out. He needs to get back into town. And I promise you, about 10 or 11 or 12 people took out dimes and cents and put enough money to give me my bus fare. And the guy gave it, handed it to me, and I handed it to the, the driver. He said, oh, and we moved off. And I turned around, and they all looked at me, and I just said, thank you so much. <laughs> I said, no, don't worry, no problem, man. You'll pay us back one day. And I don't know how to do that. How will I ever pay them back? But this is the kind of thing that you find in life when you need it. If you turn around and say, Help, people will help you. Yeah. They will. We are very worried about this whole idea of, oh gosh, I'm going to lose face. Um, People are going to think, you know, that I'm nothing. Um, Turn around, say, Help, ask reach out people will reach out to you and it's amazing when they do this because everybody is there to help each other
0: and 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 it often the opportunity will arise that you will be able to pay that back i mean yeah. uh, just just as a, a really kind of simple simplified mm. example of that i mean i didn't have that happen to me but you know i was i was shopping uh and i had a pound coin for a trolley mm. and someone came along and they... You know, they was divering. They'd lost their, their money or they, mm. they didn't have a pound coin, you know. Yeah. And uh, I simply just went, yeah, hey, I'll use that one. You can have that. That's it. And I went, oh, I mm. look in my car and I said, don't, don't worry. <laughs> no, just give it to someone else, yeah. you know. Just, yes. it's, it's a pound. It's not. Yes. But it's it's passing that on, you know. Yes, it is. It's, it's passing it on. It's Absolutely. passing that That's on. Right, and funny right, enough, yeah. I was at a festival last weekend. and so when I went to buy some food, a bit of curry at this festival, and the guy, I give him a, a 20 euro note and he'd give me, he tried to give me change of a 50. Mm. And, I, and I just went, what are you doing? I gave you a 20. No, and sure. he went, oh, no, sorry, yeah. Mm. I went, yeah, but... Mm. And, and I thought about that at the time and I thought about, you know, there would have obviously been a lot of time in my life where mm. I wouldn't have been better oh, than I at taking that change. That's right, yeah. But it's a difference when mm. you start living differently and when you start mm. accessing this this selfless this Mm. unconditional part of yourself you know this Mm. in a way unconditional love it's just just that kind of you know Mm. choosing the light over the dark over the shadow yeah and it's so Mm. powerful and and Mm. yeah i've now everyone knows about that it wasn't my intention (laughs) but it was just an example of 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 what you get back when when you do that you know it's like it's Mm. not about the money it's just no it isn't about the money it's about the fact that you know you're Mm. just an opportunity has been presented to you to do something like the opportunity was presented to all those guys on the bus. Hmm. And, and they just kind of stepped yeah, up. They, they, they and, all and kind of forked
1: in together and gave me what I needed.
0: To go about life. And yes, and, and quite often yes. all of that stuff is done silently. You don't tell anybody about it. No, you, you, know, you it, don't tell
1: anybody about it. I remember walking behind some English people in the street here about a couple of years ago. Uh, I must have been about 10 yards behind them. And I saw a 20 euro note fall out of his pocket and on the ground of course he didn't realize it and I said hey and he turned around and said what I said you dropped some money on the ground he said where and I said there and he looked at and he said oh thank you I said no problem he picked up the note put it in his pocket and continued walking so I was still behind them and for some unknown inexplic- inexplicable reason another note but this time of 10 euros fell out of his other pocket maybe the, the the problem here is that he's either should buy trousers with, <laughs> with deeper pockets or he should make sure that he puts his money in the pocket something like that i don't know what it was but anyway There
0: might have been a deeper thing going on there maybe he needed to lose a bit of money right day, exactly so oh, what do i think
1: yeah. then i think okay right i mean second time hey watcha you over there and he turned around and said what i said you dropped some more money he said Oh my God! Where I said there on the floor, and he looked and he said, "Oh, thank you so much." I said, "No, it's okay." I said, "Listen, if you drop any more, I promise you, I won't tell you the next time." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you, you know there is a limit to everything.
0: There, there's a limit, and and I, I was just thinking as you were saying that, I was thinking. I don't know. Maybe that guy did drop another mm. ten, and and someone picked it up who needed a bit of food or something. I yes. don't know. Yes, you. I don't mean, know. we yeah. we never really know the full mm. extent of 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 the the kind of chain of events of this stuff, you, you know, don't. especially you when don't. when yeah. when it's interrupted. Maybe mm. that was the thing that you know, you yeah. was just giving that bit of giving that bit of faith to that, that guy. bit of faith.
1: I think, yeah, I think, but you have to have. I mean, your, your moral balance has to be okay, right? I think in, in this generally. Yeah? And this is something that I've always believed in 100%. And I've, I believe this about relationships. It doesn't matter what relationship it is, be it husband wife, um, son, daughter, grandparents, whatever. Honesty. Honesty is for me the number one factor. Okay. What I mean by this, I mean that you shouldn't hide anything from anybody. Not on purpose. Uh, unless it's gonna damage them or hurt them in some way, then I understand this. I mean we're getting to the just William stories and, and not being too honest because you might hurt that frail aunt when you tell her something. Yeah, her. there's a thing called like brutal honesty. Yeah, brutal isn't, isn't honesty isn't which is brutal. Uh, exactly. Yeah, and not always that. the best no, you way to go forward, is but it? But honesty. Honesty with your partner, honesty with your parents, honesty with your with your children. Be honest. That honesty will hold you instead. That is a very good sail that will get you through rough waters anytime. And I tell you what, when you go to bed at night, if you've been completely honest with yourself, forget about other people, be honest with yourself, boy, will you sleep better that night.
0: I think I'm, 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 hmm. I'm glad that you, you came to that point because that was like what I was thinking, that, hmm. that is the most important Level of honesty, I think, is mm. that self-honesty.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Start it's, with yourself. Everything yeah. starts with yourself. That's right, exactly.
0: Because we right. we have the ability to deceive ourselves on so many different levels, don't yeah. we?
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah, and we, we love to deceive ourselves. We love to pretend that we're a certain way or we believe in a certain thing or I don't know, whatever, right? I remember um, with, with my dentist, I'm going through um, a whole kind of process and... Finally, I'll get some new teeth, I guess. Um, I'm okay with what I've got, but I'm going to get better ones. So I said to my dentist the other day, and he laughed himself silly, and I said, Listen, I don't care what teeth you give me, but just give me teeth so that when a woman sees me in the street, she thinks it's George Clooney when I smile. And he laughed himself silly. And I said, of course, that's not true. I said, but I want really nice tea. I said, I don't care, you know. So this idea of seeing yourself in a certain perspective, a certain way, of course, I don't believe this, Stephen. You know what I'm yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Right, there's, there's nothing further away from George Clooney than me. But um, this kind of feeling, like, hmm, yeah, I'm pretty cool still. You know, I'm okay. Um, you know, the opposite sex will still look at me, even at 71. It's okay. <laughs>
0: but I think that, I mean, you've touched on something there, which is, is really, I mean... Uh, a, a, a big thing i mean people are using a lot of cosmetic changes mm. you know enhancements uh certainly around teeth and stuff like that yeah and and i was i was talking to somebody who, who had good teeth and, mm. and they went and got them all taken out and got oh no a, a set of teeth put oh, in sad. that yeah. one of these million dollar smiles but yeah that was good teeth
1: yeah, no, no. Well, a good dentist, I mean, that well, is an just, honest dentist wouldn't take good Well, they're all
0: out. going to Turkey and places like this. Oh, and, my God, and, you yeah, know, you're trying going, to save going money. going abroad, yeah.
1: Oh, it goes back to the old thing, if you buy something cheap, it's going to turn out cheap anyway. Yeah.
0: Well, I end. mean, I, I'm just saying it's it's like a form of self-mutilation, but it's done, mm. you know, getting back to that self-honesty. You yeah. know, it's done with probably, I'm sure, with, with the the illusion that they're doing themselves a favour in some way. Yes. And, yes. and uh, okay, okay, it probably mm. sounds a bit judgmental, but I'm just just kind of... Our, our power of self-deception is quite strong. It is. And, and we could... And I've seen it so many times, mm. you know. I've seen beautiful, naturally beautiful women mm. who, who I've kind of known and then seen them a few years later and mm. they've been having fillers and all this sort of stuff yeah. and, and they're very, very distorted after. Mm. And I just think, oh wow, why did mm. you do that? Yes. But obviously there's something going on inside there. Mm. You know, some some uh process where they don't feel that they're mm. enough, maybe they don't That's feel all. they're enough. And yes. and these obviously these offers of mm. of enhancing their beauty or enhancing their their appearance or mm. whatever, you know, comes comes into that whole thing of that hmm. buying into that self deception.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, That's and that right. was my point. Yes. And
0: it's, I've gone around a about it in a, a kind of no, long no, way, yeah, no, which okay, I normally I do because <laughs> I'm not a psychologist or anything like that.
1: But well, no, none of us are, or all of us are at the same time, right? Um, but um, confidence, how, how, to, how to feel confident uh, in yourself, right? This, this you build up slowly in uh, in time. And I understand that there are, there are stories of people who really have um, amazing confidence in themselves with the most incredible disabilities and, and disadvantages that you can imagine. I remember seeing on YouTube once, my son and I watched a guy with arms and legs and he was going around the world giving talks. I have never seen anybody as confident as he was and as positive as he was. Um, and he was, you know, he was saying, what I would really love Is to hug people. But I can't. I don't have any arms. So what I need you guys to do is hug me. And the people went to him. And there were tears in their eyes. And they were crying. And they were hugging him. And he was just smiling and beaming. His face was wet. Not with his own tears. But with the tears of everybody else. And you think. We can be lovely people. People can be lovely. People can be wonderful. Um, And in spite of. Everything we're seeing these days after the pandemic, and I believe the pandemic was actually going to make us come closer together, and I see that in many ways it's not true. But we've got to believe in humankind. I mean, we've got to believe in ourselves. But it starts with ourselves, and it starts right here, inside ourselves. You talked a moment ago about meditation and talked about karma and things like that, and I believe you've got to go inside yourself. You've got to look for yourself, find yourself once you've done that. Once you put out the fires in your own house, then you can start helping other people and be that psychologist you talked about a moment
0: ago. Yeah, and I think I think that kind of the root of a lot of this stuff is, is that disconnection with ourselves. And, mm. and certainly with, you know, that example I was giving, I'm not, that wasn't about people who have genuinely got you know, some disfigurement that needs mm. to be corrected and can be enhanced and corrected, mm. which is, no know, sure. I wasn't, absolutely. I was talking about a different, yes. a different no, level no, of stuff, you That's know, right. but yes. yeah. I think that that connection mm. is lacking in, in mm. a lot of people and, and myself, you know, for mm. many years included. Yes. But I didn't have that connection and, and you kind of wind up searching everywhere mm. apart from the place that it is really, mm. which is within you. That's right. And, and obviously all of this spirituality, mm. you know, people going going through different religions or just trying to look search Mm. for this connection You are
1: searching for the answers you're searching for yourself you're searching for your mission the reasons i mean um again going to a slightly lighter side for a second um i'm about five foot seven which is shortish in great britain i probably that's one of the reasons i came to spain because i'm a bit taller here where i feel i'm taller um but you go to sweden go to a pub in sweden um we're approximately the same height, you and I, Steve. And try and get a beer at the, at the bar, at the counter. You can't get through them. These guys are all two meters. They're six foot six. There is The only way to go through them is at arm level. So I remember kind of <laughs> pulling, pushing two enormous Swedes to one side and going, excuse me, can I have a beer, please? And the guy laughed. You know, the head comes through these enormous frames. And it, that's funny in itself. But then you realize, okay, am I less than them? Am I more than them? No. Actually, the physical part doesn't really matter. We just have the machine we have. My body is what gets me from A to B. It got me to your house this morning. It's going to get me back with a bit of luck to my house this evening. Um, and that's all it is. This, this, our society through magazines and through films and through the media are constantly showing us that we have to compare with everybody else. In comes what you talked about a moment ago about this confidence. If women are constantly seeing role models that are absolutely spectacular, thin, lovely, curvy, big breasts, enormous, um, enormous hips, and all those guys, kind of, and they're not like this, of course they're not going to feel confident. And this is one of the things I've seen a lot. I, most of my friends are women. And I get on better with females than I do with males. It's great to have a pub. I go to a pub and have a drink with a, with a mate like you. But when we talk, start talking about deep things, the women come across. And what I find with, with women generally, and it's starting to change, thank heavens, is this lack of confidence, this feeling that um, I'm not sufficient. I'm not sufficient for anything. And to be sufficient, I've got to do so much. I've got to make up. I've got to dress up. I've got to take the kids to school. I've got to be this strong woman in the office. I've got to be the, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, looking absolutely spectacular all the time. And it comes down to when my wife says to me in the mornings, um, "Don't look at me." I, you know, um, I don't have any makeup on. And I say, "You are more beautiful without makeup than you are with makeup," but you don't realize it because what I can see is the real you, and that's what I'm interested in.
0: Yeah, and I I think that it is just that, that conditioning, isn't it? And all of that, uh, all of that stuff is just done to mm. sell sell products, isn't it? I yes, mean, it does. You know,
1: it is. That's right. It's all marketing.
0: It's, it's all marketing, and, yeah. and, and you know, there's there's an agenda mm. behind all of it, mm. and we just buy into it because That's it's, right. it becomes our reality. You know, it is mm. our reality. Yes, and, and people are, are born into that. You know, whole generations yeah, are born yeah. into it. Yes,
1: it's the kids I'm worried about. It's the children, right? I mean, um, th- th- nowadays with, with, um, with mass media and with Instagram and TikTok and all this stuff, I mean, th- it's, it's there. It's at arm's length. It's not even at arm's length. I mean, it's like at almost face length. You know, it's right in front of you. Um, and the other day, other day when, I, when I saw that, they're starting to put in like um, traffic lights on the pavement so that you don't have to lift up your head to look at the traffic light to see whether you can cross the road or not. Really, where pedestrian. is this? Um, they're starting to do this in different parts of Europe, and so there's a green light and there's a red light. You on don't the, pavement, on in the, the pavement. On the pavement. Yeah, in the pavement. Exactly. So you don't have to take your, you don't have to lift your head up. We're going to become a species of people who kind of just look down the whole time. Um, and I thought this is so sad. You know, this is really the end of civilization. As it's I, insane. As right? it's it is really insane, insane, isn't it? Yeah. That's right. So all these kids are just, you know, they're they're being... Because I've got a bit off the point there, but I'm getting really angry about that traffic light business, as you are. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought, yeah, you know, just so much, so much bombardment by what's the the right role, what's the correct model, and um, how should we be, how should we act, how should we talk, you know. um, You talked about women disfiguring themselves with all this kind of uh, Botox stuff, you know. Uh, God, wasn't wasn't um, that actress not to name one? Wasn't she more beautiful before she, you know, those lips became kind of balloons um, and her cheeks became immovable? And when there was more expression on her face, and and it's going to guys now too. All the guys are doing it. It's becoming the thing. You think, how oh, you know? I'm sorry. There's there's a point where I think, what's going on with the world? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, uh, it's you know, it's, it's it's easy being people who have kind of been on journeys where we get okay with ourselves. Yeah.
1: I know I'm being judgmental. It's easy
0: to, you know, uh, not appreciate Mm. how some of these small changes can affect a person's confidence and they can Mm. make people more confident, feel better about themselves. So, you know, there's a whole other side to to this, that that we're not, that we haven't put out there really. And I'm, I'm kind of, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, uh, I'm very aware of that. So, uh, you know, mm. I, I was kind of the, the the example I was talking about was quite extreme yes. of, of someone, and, and I don't know mm. what was going on for that person because I didn't really have no, a chance absolutely to talk yeah. to them on a deep level. Yes. But yeah, I think it's just a general trend of, of of shortcuts. And I was talking to mm. someone else about uh, about this in a podcast. You know, it's like, and and my life. You know, I mm. spent my life growing up just looking for the swerve, looking for the shortcut, mm. and and it wasn't until uh, I started putting a foundation down that I, I, I could build like a life that wasn't just going to be about shortcuts. It wasn't going to be about looking mm. for a quick fix. Yes. And, you know, coming from a, someone who, who was addicted to drugs, you know, mm. that's a, a term, a, a quick yes. fix is is, yes. you know, is all that I ever wanted. I just mm. wanted that next bit of stuff just to take mm. away life, really, to yes. take away my experience of life. Mm. And, you know, I may have been under the illusion that I was trying to enhance my experience of life. Mm. And I'm not saying I can't, I'm only talking for me. I'm not talking for Mm. everybody, but you know, I just, that's what it come down to. It come down to just that next little thing, a little bit of powder that can change Mm. the whole perspective, my whole experience of life. And Mm. it costs me, everything but that was part of the deal and and Mm. obviously it was on a sliding scale but I mean that's quite an extreme example and most thankfully most people Mm. won't ever go to them extremes but it's the same principle the principle underneath Mm. is the same that you know you're looking for a shortcut you're looking for a fix you're looking for a swerve Mm. just something to take away that edge of life and really the edge is where life is Yes. you know, it's experience in that. It's mm. it's kind of, you know, taking that on board as it comes without mm. trying to filter it, without trying to adapt it, or or you know, mm. put it into our own parameters. Yes, I mean exactly, that's yeah. that's mm. you know that's incredible that edge of life, mm. and and we try to avoid it. You know, we yes. try to avoid it because we think there's a better a better option or a better solution out mm. there than actually as it is. Mm. So we create realities that that become That's right. normal that become like, normal that exactly. we've been That's talking right. yeah. about you know yes, yes. where these magazines and and you know mm. you've got this mm. whole industry worldwide of of, mm. of you know selling beauty products and you know enhancing mm. people or losing people mm. weight or changing their body shapes yes. and yeah. you know all of it the mm. whole thing and uh i think it's changing though i think i
1: think it's changing what, what, think, what, it
0: what, a, changing. what a, a kind of direction to traveling in. that's what i'm saying if if we if we can step back Mm. and look at the direction that we're traveling Mm. in there's got to be a different way surely yeah there has to be a different
1: way i'm seeing i'm seeing a um a shift in society little by little um and again my my hope is is the future and the future is my son in my case Uh, is is the, the the future generations are the ones that have to fix everything that we've um we've buggered up here already our generations and the generations before there's a lot to fix. Um, but I see that they, they aren't so concerned as maybe our generation or the ones before were with the kind of the physical aspect. They, they are becoming, they are more sensitive to other things. Um, they, they, there's, there's a lot i mean there are a lot of people in the world now what are we over eight billion or nine billion or something like this i think um, we're approaching yeah. eight aren't we yeah eight and a half billion yeah. okay so that's a lot of people in a lot of different contexts in a lot of different places in a lot of different stories but i can only talk about what i see from my perspective which is just my son and i see him as a, a very um correct polite sensitive maybe oversensitive. he's um uh, Millennium Snowflake I think they're called and um, he's a lovely person and I love talking to him and it's it's great and and I see and I think yeah gosh okay so this is what you've got in front of you boy have you got a tough one um, and they have the future generation has got a big on their sh- a lot on their shoulders I, th- so. I
0: think they yeah I think they have and I think each generation is coming into such a different experience of life mm. and Going, jumping right back to very early on in the conversation mm. when you spoke about, we were talking about happiness and you spoke about, you know, the basics having like a roof over your head and, and mm. that kind of stuff, you know, that, that kind of, that that goes into something. Have you ever, ever heard of Mimetic Desire? No, I haven't. It's a, a philosopher, Gerard, I, I can't think of his, mm-hmm. his surname, but he, he came up with this philosophy, you know, quite quite a long time ago about, you know, once we've, satisfied those basic needs which Mm. is food shelter uh sex Mm. you know Mm. reproduction Mm -hmm. uh, and and some security then the human condition is we don't look within we we immediately start looking without and we become desiring of what other people have got Mm -hmm. and what other people uh, are doing or they have And, and that seems to be you know, once we get that basic stuff covered, then we're always looking, oh, well, what else can we have?
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, not, yeah. oh,
0: you know, it, mm. tapping into that sense of, mm. of, of gratitude and of like, you know, this is it. We're mm. living this life and we're experiencing a beautiful life. It's always about, mm. oh, look what they've got. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, wasn't it the, the grass is always greener on the other side, yeah? Um, so we're always thinking, okay, I'd, I'd love to have a, a better house and a better car and uh better this and better this and more that. I was in Perth, Australia, many, many years ago um with a friend of mine called George Brownrig. And he said, I want to take you um to see some houses. We went to the most beautiful part of Perth and we looked across the lake and there were seven houses. And he said, What do you think of those houses? Each one had a mooring for a boat um, there were mansions, there were absolute mansions, precious, beautiful. Uh, the nature around was spectacular. I mean, that part of um, Australia is absolutely beautiful. And he said, would you like one of their houses? I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. He said, let me tell you. First house, a guy hanged himself. Second house, um, he's in prison. Third house, they all died in a fire because of this. Fourth house, something else, something else. All of the seven houses, there was not one happy story at all. Wow. And these seven houses were the physical embodiment of what we, me, at my level, would call happiness. I want to have a house like that. Who wouldn't, you know? Um But at what price? What's the cost?
0: And that's the thing, and, and I think that just goes back to that that argument that we're having or maybe we're not having we we certainly mm. agree on that yes you know all of these this stuff that gives us the ability to feel okay in life is within mm. and and certainly we're always looking uh well not always but we we tend to kind of look for it outside so once again happiness you, mm. you can equate it to you know not just a roof over your head but a beautiful roof with you know mm. as an abundance of land and, and all the rest of the stuff mm. and and yeah i mean that's yeah we obviously expect
1: everything else fits perfectly into place yeah is, i'm not saying there's anything
0: wrong with that but that was mm. a, a real kind of poignant example of the people that that, that you know the stories that came from those houses mm. of, of you know the house is just a symbol isn't it absolutely it's it's not the experience it's mm. just a symbol yes and You've we could.
1: gatsby i mean look at that that story by scott fitzgerald right and
0: uh, yeah. yeah and i um, and i read from deepak everything. chopra a long long time ago in mm. his uh, in his book the seven spiritual laws mm. of success he was talking about you know we we chase symbols we you know we we, we trade uh, the real stuff for the symbol of the real stuff so mm. rather than you know having having the territory itself mm. you just have the map yes you know so yes. it's, uh, it's 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 something mm. that i don't know will ever change but i think certainly for my journey in life mm. i've had to learn to look inwards for a lot of more yes. more peace not mm. more you know love Mm. you know self-love and that kind of stuff mm. and and the more that i've been able to do that the more i've been able to give
1: yes and yes. uh yeah you need to you need to have a well there your well has to be ready to to give to give out you need a depth to you, to yourself don't you We
0: well, you, you do mm. I, I think mm. i think the depths are, are, mm. are unfathomable yeah but i think it's it's just finding Mm. access to those depths and yes, uh yes you know lots of people are, are doing therapies and all different stuff mm. now and right you know it's all it all points towards searching for something doesn't it yes, or trying it to resolve something yeah. because you know there's so mm. much uh it's so, so it's a difficult journey this mm. life i think mm. it is but listening to your journey it sounds like an amazing journey sounds but like i'm sure ball, doesn't it? It sounds, you know no, it's i'm sure you've had downs. your your you know, I don't want to, not saying we need to talk about them, but <laughs> no one gets through yeah. this life without going through some difficulties yeah, and, and some turmoils.
1: Let me tell you just two stories. I don't know how we are for time. You're going you're gonna to have to let me know down that one. Okay. Um, uh, the first story is I was about 14, 15. I just arrived at that boarding school I told you about. And the boarding school was fairly, fairly near the coast, um, there was um, a walkway. And it was this, and I was alone as usual because I didn't really have any friends. And walking along uh, the beach, I looked up and I saw the full moon reflecting on the water. It was a beautiful night, and there was a fisherman sitting on the side of the the on, on the beach fishing. I said, uh, "Do you mind if I sit down?" He said, "No, sit on, sit." So I sat, and then after a while, I said, "Wow, isn't it beautiful?" Look at the moon, look at the reflection, look at the colors, look at that indigo blue in the sky. Wow, look how it sparkles, the water. And he turned to me and he said, shut up. (laughs) I said, excuse me? He said, shut up. I said, oh, I'm sorry. He said, yes. He said, why do you analyze everything? Just enjoy it. Live the moment and shut up, (laughs) and I did, I shut up. And boy, that was the first big lesson in my life. Just enjoy life. You know, yeah, 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 we can make a lot of noise, but the best times, the most important times, are when nothing's happening, you're breathing, you're smelling the the, the grass that's just been cut, Or or we're lucky enough to have a walk along the side of the the sea here in Mallorca, smell the, the, the sea, the seaweed, whatever, feel the breeze, don't say anything, just be there.
0: And, that, and that's just being present, isn't it? And and obviously right. that fisherman was very present, and absolutely he was giving a yeah. commentary on his on his being present. So
1: yeah, exactly, that's right. I know it's probably scaring yeah. the fish away too. Yeah, No, <laughs> it's a great point. It's a great point. But it is about that, isn't it? It's mm. about
0: you know, it's about that 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 just being in the now, mm. being in the now, and appreciating. it. And I, mm. I go up I was up in the mountains the other day, just love being up there and but you still wanna take a picture. Yeah. I still wanna take it's a picture. You yeah. You know, and it's like and, and I, I'm observing when I'm taking a picture. Why am I taking this picture? Mm. I wanna show it to people. I mm. want, but they're never gonna experience what I'm experiencing. Not. I know of that. Not. Yeah. But I still take take a few mm. pictures. I'm not like constantly taking pictures. But yeah. it's interesting, isn't it, that yeah. we have that need to commentate on on yes, this, on the ob- on the obvious. On this wonderful experience that <laughs> yes. we're having. Yes. Why is that? Why I don't know. Do, why I don't do you know. need to do yeah, that? Yeah, That's really remember,
1: interesting, isn't it? Yeah, a couple of years ago, we went to, we were in Paris. My wife and I, and We of course, we love painting. So we went to the Louvre. And we couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe that nobody was really looking at the paintings. They were all kind of taking selfies or 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 videos of everything. We were about the only people who actually stopped in front of painting and kind of looked at it. Stood back, appreciate what we're seeing, and went to the next painting. Most of the people, I promise you, were taking selfies. They're saying, Yeah, 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 we're here. We've been here. Let's show this to our friends, you know. So, why have a museum of art if people really are not going to look at the paintings, (laughs) you know? Again, they're not looking, they're not feeling, they just want to show other people that they've been there.
0: I think, yeah, it's probably. Tied into that uh, mimetic desire thing, you know, mm. of like you know, let's let everyone else know what we're doing. There's an egoic, yes. egoic sort of basis to that. Mm. I think of of just you know, well, this is beautiful and we're really mm. experiencing this, but. Do you Wouldn't think it be is, better if everyone yeah. knew about it? <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you think this is like the likes in Instagram and Facebook and things like that? You need to have a certain amount of likes. Otherwise, you don't, you're you not up, not up to standard as a human being. I,
0: I think those likes was designed for a, a, a specific purpose. Mm. You know, I think that whole system's been designed uh, to encourage us to seek outside of ourselves mm. and, and become a product, really. Wow. That's that's what we Isn't become that a product. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it really is. It is, yeah. and, and even hmm. if
0: you know that you're part of the product, sometimes you're still hmm. part of the product, you know. It's uh Yeah, that's,
1: that's there's a good whole point.
0: systems that are, yes. you know, when you start thinking about it and stepping hmm. back and looking at it, there's whole hmm. systems out there that are designed just to kind of hmm. guide us into where where they want us to be
1: yes you know yes uh,
0: whether that's buying a product
1: mm. whether
0: that's liking something so they can charge advertisers or you mm. know there's there's a whole you right. know nothing's nothing's very very simple apart mm. from that looking at that moon and just thinking mm. wow and, and being present without any filters without any need to enhance it or or just to just just to accept it as it is mm. i mean there's you know once again you know there's nothing outside of you apart from the experience mm. is is important is it but no
1: that's right exactly that's right sure there is exactly.
0: you know even as i'm saying this i can still feel that need to oh you yeah, know it's mm. really important to let people know about this
1: <laughs> right exactly it's really Let's interesting. broadcast it to the yeah. world that's yeah right. i yeah. think
0: i mean i i've got an idea that that along in history mm. probably around that sort of time where we got our basics satisfied and we started looking outside of ourselves mm. there was that part of our evolution mm. there was probably a switch that could have been turned within us mm. that, that 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 just turned off that that mm. mimetic desire that need that egoic need mm. to for more and more and more and, more and, more and, more. and, and, and want what other people have got and mm. then it turns into dominance and control and then mm. controlling other people and power And feeling Mm. all of this kind of stuff comes from that basic Mm. kind of ego very you know when Mm. people talk about ego they think it's a massive Mm. thing but it can be so subtle Mm. but i think the other side of it that part that can just like the fisherman had was just sitting Mm. there wow you know i Mm. don't you know that's that's an intuitive place that comes from yes and i think you know there's if we could have just turned a switch then we would have evolved into a completely different species. I'm not saying. Certainly, I'm sure.
1: That's and maybe right. that's
0: yeah. where we need to go. Maybe yeah. that's where we need to kind of focus mm. on, you know, by looking in and finding mm. that we are abundant, that we have got enough, that we can turn that switch mm. within ourselves on yes. a gradual basis. Yes. And and then we, we stop mm. uh, being being the product, really.
1: Being the product. Yeah. I, I listened to, I forget, his I was trying to remember the name, um, psychologist, okay. And he was saying that our problem, one of one of the problems that we have now in society, is that technology moves so fast that we aren't able to keep up with it soci- sociologically. So we, we can't we don't have the ability to understand or to to be able to um, adapt ourselves to the technology that moves so fast. So if you are getting an iPhone. Um, 12, two years ago, then a 13 last year, then a 15 this year. If you don't have that iPhone 15, you aren't part of the, uh, you don't belong to the club, right? And if you don't belong to the club, then you're nothing. Um, so you've got to get that iPhone 15. You've got to have this, you've got to have the car, you've got to have this, you've got to be, you've got to have your converse. Um, you've got to have the t-shirt, which is the, the, the latest, you know, thing. Um, and if you aren't these things, you're nobody and you think yes i am because when i go swimming i take everything off and i'm nothing and i go into the water and i feel everything um this is this is the basis again it's getting back to we've got to get rid of all the nonsense around us and remember the basics constantly you know who we are what we're doing here that's it nothing else matters
0: yeah yeah and it's like it's 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 yeah just Calling that D thing back in, it's just like we wind up chasing the symbols rather than actually yeah. settling for mm. the real thing. Sure, and, and and that's what all of that stuff is. I mean, obviously, we need mm. we need clothes and we need shelter and we need yes, the we rest do. of it. But mm. yeah, it's uh, it just gets gets completely out of balance. Mm. I think in, unfortunately, and, it and, does. and the importance of it becomes out of balance, and mm. and it's easy to get, you know. Sucked into that because that mm. is the mainstream of society, you know, yes. that's, that's what we're being sold yes, as a successful right. life, yes. You know, that is what that is the image of a successful life, mm. having you know the new iPhone and, and the mm. nice trainers and, and whatever mm. it is. And mm. you know, it's on, on all symbols, different levels. Yeah. I mean, I'm using those just as examples Absolutely, but sure. for different people, it would be uh, different things, you know, even mm. for people in spiritual communities, they you know, it would be different mm. things, but it's always, yes, you know, if they're chasing the symbols mm. instead of. Having the experience, yes, they're never going to be satisfied or fully satisfied. That's right. And and mm. happiness, I think, comes from from that mm. being fully satisfied within. Yes,
1: exactly. That's Max, right. we're we've done it. We finished, right? I was just going to say. <laughs> I mean,
0: you was mm. just uh, before we started. You was telling me about some stuff that you're doing mm. at the moment. Some of it is. I mean, this. I don't, I'm going to hold this up.
1: <laughs> okay. These, I'm doing uh, some, yeah, I'm doing some postcards. I call them posters. They're, they're kind of little posters. And I'm, I'm working on a, a series of posters um, uh, with a bit of luck to um, to start sending for next year, for the next season. And that's one of the things I'm doing. Apart from my writing, I'm, as you as you said, I'm a writer and I'm working on three different books at the moment.
0: The books, I mean, you know, yeah. the fancy, I mean, it's... Yeah, we could have another podcast talking about all this stuff. But these are are really attractive, and Good. I'm going to put I'll put some pictures of it out. Thank if, you very if much. If you can send me some images with the uh, mm. with this podcast, but these are brilliant. And and your story, Thank you was right. telling me about a story about what well, three mm. stories you was telling yeah, you about, which we haven't, on. Exactly. we haven't got right. time. We haven't got time. But mm. I like the one about the the monsters, the children, the monsters. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Just, just run through it What the- is this?
1: Okay, the title is, at least I've got a title for it, which is You Don't Scare Me. And it's for kids, for, for young people, but it can be from, as the editors say, from 8 to 80. It could be for anybody. Um, these are not the monsters in the Disney film Monsters Incorporated. These are the monsters we all have inside us, or most of them, okay? Especially when you're young um, and you're afraid of the dark. Or um, you're afraid of going to school because there's a bully. Uh, How do you combat that? Okay. So what I'm trying to write is a very short little manual to help children uh, defend themselves mentally against those monsters. Again, I'm not a psychologist. Yes, I have done coaching and I've studied coaching. Um, So that helps. But the idea finally is to Become a monster yourself, but a good monster, so that you can combat the bad monsters inside you. Okay.
0: What would the good monster look like? Just give us some. The good some, monster
1: can look any way you like, but the scarier the better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a
0: really interesting. Uh, I'm very much at the beginning of this, but yeah. I want to get it. Uh, An through interesting the concept that, mm. that, that, yeah, monsters don't have to be. Yeah, yeah, they, they don't have be to be healing. under the
1: bed or in the wardrobe or in the closet, as Americans mm. say. They don't have to be there. They can be. They can be anywhere. They're, they're in, in that dark passage at night when you're going to go to the bathroom. They're um, in your um, rucksack. Um, they're in your shoes. They're they're all over the place um yeah
0: when you said they was inside the monsters inside mm. us uh, or inside of children what what are you pertaining to there if that's such a um, word
1: i don't want to get too deep on that because right. i'm not i'm not an expert uh i'm not as i said i'm not a psychologist um but i will draw this from my own experience um when i was about eight or nine i had s- about three or four friends and we liked to go, like Tom Sawyer, to the nearest cemetery. And they bet me, and they said to me, bet you can't go into the cemetery, bet you can't stay there for five minutes, bet you're going to be frightened. I said, okay, you're betting me. How much are you going to give me? I'd already got a little bit of a kind of commercial sense inside. And they they kind of scraped together a few Coins, and they said, we'll give you this. You enough say, for yeah, some bus fine. fare. <laughs> no, enough for the bus fare. You yeah. There's not always coming from the other side. So I said, yeah, okay, fine. So I went in, sat on a grave on a tombstone, looked up at the moon, um, got lost in my own um, thoughts, and spent five minutes and went out. Wasn't in the least frightened. And I saw my friends when I walked out. And I said, see, I can do it. They said, oh, <gasps> Gosh, that's so good. You're so cool. That's amazing. I was like, you know, pay up. <laughs> that's the first thing, you know. Give me the money. And I realized that I didn't have many monsters inside me, but most people do. Good. Okay. Yeah. So I thought, how can I get rid of the monsters? Well, the first thing is to pretend that's nothing happening. And the first thing, of course, I was frightened. Anybody would. It's a dead of night. But I pretended not to be frightened. I was this, I had this kind of um, armor around me, invisible. And I was the strongest boy in the world. And that's how I combated or fought my my monsters. And Because they didn't exist. Brilliant. I mean, (laughs) I,
0: I was doing a workshop recently in the UK. Hmm. And part of the work it was based it was based loosely well it was based on the book, but what it was based on was un- unpicking the the person that I became and the persona that I became mm-hmm. and and one of the things that I focused on as part of the workshop was fear yeah. and, and I gave this example of how I disabled the flight part of fear in Great. me because it didn 't mm. serve me mm. and and you 're describing. Mm. In very a different much, way, but yes. very much the same thing. Very much yeah. the same thing. So, and, and that's what I done with mine. I kind of recycled it into,
1: mm.
0: you know, it probably exactly what you did—a mm. a projection of of courage. Yes. You know, your friends to your friends, you mm. appeared courageous. Yes. And that's what I done. But mine mm. was the stakes were a bit higher. Mine, the stakes were my life at this Absolutely. particular yeah. time, point, yeah. point. But the mechanism was the same, mm. which is really. It's really so interesting, mm, but mm. what a brilliant! I mean, I'd love to see this book. And I mean, if you can put that together as a I will, manual, I will. I will. As a manual yes. for children to understand, yeah, very this, short,
1: very small, with lots of illustrations because it's got to be for kids. Yeah, yeah this yeah. this
0: this process that happens mm. within, because that is so mm. such a, a game changer yeah. when we can really understand the process mm. that happens within, and and I think by making it accessible. It's such a valuable thing. So, Good, thank you I very really much. Look thank forward you for your
1: support and uh, thank you for promoting it before it's even been finished. But that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's an idea, and everything you know, everything, you know yeah. is
0: manifest from from mm. ideas, and it comes from somewhere. But mm. you know, just uh, just kind of follow that down to the essence of it, and, yes. and, and that was that's mm. powerful stuff. I want to do some more workshops around that sort of stuff. Absolutely. This Possibly is, yes, with, yes. with 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 mm. you know kids coming up from on the streets in gangs and stuff mm, like that mm, and okay. uh, I was recently just finished a book a, a friend of mine uh, a brilliant book called drug Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was published a few years ago but in in it there's a sentence and, and he's he's talking about children, like like the third generation mm. of of kind of dealers now and, mm. and they're these these are street kids now so yeah. they're they're people that death to them mm. is just another option yes you know, and, yes. and, and it, I, I found that such a powerful sentence wow. that yeah. death is just that's another, another option. option. Exactly. And yeah. and I really understood it mm. based on, you know, that example that mm. I just gave. I didn't give go to full detail about it, mm. but you know, and and that's how it becomes. We become, you know, it's just so lost in this reality that's created around us and we yes. we, we buy into it mm. that we don't really understand what's going on. And and mm. to get to that point where you know, you're more scared of, 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 of in my in my case of, mm. of of not fitting in and not being okay, and mm. maybe in the case of some of these kids as well. Mm. You know that that death is just an option. Uh, yes, it's just such yes. a wow, such a powerful uh, thing to to look into for me and mm. and to try and work on. Uh, yeah. So, and it sounds like you're doing that. From your side, which is from my perspective, from my side, absolutely. Yeah, which is brilliant. All the the stuff that you've no, and we can only we can only authentically give what we've got. Yeah, you know, it's not like we're 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 pulling this stuff off of off Mm. of a page somewhere on Mm. the internet and trying to do something with it. You know, this is experiential stuff; it's live stuff and. And that's why it's so powerful, because it's Mm. just
1: so valid and so genuine. Absolutely. I'd like to finish up um, on my side with one thing, and I promised I would. Um, Steve's got a picture of Jimi Hendrix. Um, It's a very small little portrait in multicolors. That Um, was done by
0: my friend Dean Benstock, who's a great artist.
1: There you go. Dean, lovely. I love it. It's, It's great. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy, Janis, and um, Jim Morrison. I say Janice Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, the three J's, who all died, strangely enough, around the same time, which was about 1969. At the time, the Beatles were also finishing up, so it was the end of a uh, of a time. Um, during Woodstock, he got up, and he started playing something, which knocked everybody out. He played "Star Spangled Banner." In his way. He played the national anthem of the United States of America, something which you do not change, you should not play with, and you shouldn't make fun of it. And he did. He played one of the most spectacular guitar solos of Star Spangled Banner that you can ever hear in your life. You've got a chance to listen to it, listen to it. And after he'd finished and the people raved and jumped and clapped because there's a lot of hippies and a lot of rebellious spirits and a lot of uh, whatever, somebody went up to him, a reporter, and they said, he said, aren't you afraid? He said, of what? He said, you've just um, torn the national anthem to pieces. He said, no, I haven't. I have just interpreted it in my way because I love America I love what I do, and above all, I'm a musician, so I give this to the world. You can interpret it any way you like. For me, it is my respect for my flag. And I thought, wow, okay. So everybody thought he was tearing it to pieces. He wasn't
0: brilliant isn't it what a great place to leave that (laughs) based on you know we've all got a different interpretation of what's happening
1: yeah great there you go that's a lovely and and it all
0: comes just through our our own filtration Mm. systems of what we take in and Mm. what our experience is and then what we put out but that's a great example of that max it's been really a pleasure to have you on the podcast. and
1: Thank you so much for inviting You me. know,
0: just just to yeah. let people know, how can I follow you? Because, you know, you've got lots of stuff. I mean...
1: Um, if you walk behind me in the street, you can follow me. Uh, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> and, we'll and, and keep
0: an eye out for the 20 <laughs> euro notes that he keeps dropping <laughs> yeah, as well. put your money yeah. in your
1: pockets. So I might be behind <laughs> you. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can find me uh, as Max Cantrell or Max Art, also on Facebook. I'm in Instagram as Max Cantrell. No, I'm Max Palma the Mallorca. Max Palmer in, in, in Mallorca. Instagram, that's right, Max Palmer the Mallorca. And, um, or you can find Steve and me having a beer in Rambla sometimes. Well,
0: I haven't had a beer for 35 years.
1: <laughs> no, you won't find us having a beer. He'll, I'll be having the beer, he'll be having the glass of water. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's, that's where you'll find us. We'll find us in one of the most beautiful islands um, in, in the Mediterranean. And um, it's, it's a pleasure to have met you. It's a pleasure to uh, have talked with you today. And it's lovely to see my painting above your head.
0: It's been, it's been brilliant, Max. Thank you very much. And, and what, a, what a wonderful all-round <laughs> uh, artist, you know, writer, storyteller. And yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. Just, just great. Thank you very much. All the best. <laughs> Take care, Max. Cheers. You too. Thank you for listening to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment with me, Stephen Rosen. Thanks for your time and please don't forget to share this episode with friends. Uh, Press the follow button and you can connect with me at Cockney Profit on social media. It's been great to have your company. Take care and I look forward to you joining us for the next enlightening conversation. Cheers.